listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap from the SBS newsroom for this Friday the 11th of February 2022. Later, the US inflation rate hit a 40-year high annually. What does that mean for shares and official interest rates? We'll find out soon. But first, to the gender pay gap, which is narrowing but only slowly at a rate of half percent in the last year. Workplace Gender Equality Agency says men are twice as, li- are twice as likely than women to earn more than $120,000 a year, but women are 50% more likely to earn less than $60,000 a year. To find out more, Danielle Robertson spoke with the director of the WGEA, Mary Wooldridge. We've seen as a result of our annual census of employers with over 100 employees is that there have been some small improvements, but the rate of change is very slow. The gender pay gap uh, representing full remuneration that men and women earn uh, is 22.8%, representing nearly $26,000 differential between men and women. Um, We've also seen some some stark numbers in in terms of the representation of women at the set most senior management uh, levels and leadership of organisations. 22% of boards have no women on them and 75% of boards have uh, a significant majority of men, uh, 60% and over. Interestingly, of those who have a majority men, uh, of men, only 12% have set a target to try and address that, and the target is quite low, only 35%. So women are underrepresented uh, and undervalued uh, across businesses, and it's something we need to change. Is there like a top three main industries where the pay gap is the widest, and what are they? So the significant industries are particularly the construction industry, which has taken over actually as the industry with the highest gender pay gap. Uh, in the construction industry, this pay gap has actually increased over the last eight years. It's only one of two industries where the numbers have gone up rather than down. The second highest industry is financial services. Um, they have a 29% gender pay gap. But interestingly, there has been a concerted effort within the sector to reduce the gender pay gap, and that's come down 9% over the last eight years, a, a very um, concerted and focused effort from industry leaders um, to address the the gaps between men and women. Now, the gap is still big, but the trajectory is absolutely in the right direction. And that's what we need to see. Um, you know, there is evidence if you do gender pay gap audits, if you set targets to drive change, if you report the information to your board and held and held accountable um, for delivering on the change, uh, then change can, can be achieved. I guess overall, you were saying it's, we haven't really made much change over time. It's been quite incremental. Um, Why do you think that is? So what our research shows is that it's going to take more than 25 years to reach gender equality in our workplaces. And in an area like chief executive offices, where there's currently less than 20% of all chief executive officers are are women, it's going to take 80 years for there to be equality in that area. Um, The the trajectory is in the right direction, um, but the rate of change is very slow. We know that um, gender equality, greater representation of women across businesses and in senior management and leadership roles uh, is good for business. It's good for productivity. It's good for profitability. um, It's good for um, your results on the stock exchange. Um, But what we're not seeing is 
the, the drive that needs to happen um, to realise those benefits and also realise the benefits for your workforce um, to be working in a uh, more equal uh, workplace where everyone's valued um, for, for who they are and the work they can contribute. Mary Wooldridge there. She's the Director of the Workplace Gender Equality Agency, speaking with Danielle Robertson. Let's take a look at the Australian share market now, which has ended the week on a down note. The S&P ASX 200 down 1% to 7,217. It follows a US inflation read of 7.5% annually that is the highest rate in 40 years and may push interest rate rises forward and maybe even faster for more i spoke earlier with marcus bogdan he's the chief investment officer at blackmore capital well there's certainly um some sticker shock there with a uh, annual inflation rate of seven and a half percent and that was above market expectations and it really highlights the persistence of inflation, particularly in the US. And I think the more concerning element was the breadth of inflation that you're now starting to see uh, through across uh, households, energy, uh, vehicles. Uh, it's just the sheer breadth of the inflation uh, which has caught the markets uh, on the hop. So how exactly did it impact the markets today? Uh, what led the falls? So predictably, uh, it's those long duration assets such as technology and utilities are those companies that are, are really sensitive to higher interest rates. But on the other side of, uh, of it, uh, materials and energy actually have done reasonably well and in financials. They tend to do better in a rising interest rate compared to technology and other long duration assets. So is the, the shock here the fact that the US Federal Reserve may in fact now lift official interest rates there uh, faster and stronger than first thought? Well, you're absolutely right. There has been a profound change uh, and the change has been significant and it's been faster than anticipated. So overnight, uh, US investment banks are suggesting there could be seven interest rate rises for the remainder of 2022. That's up from uh, five rate increases just earlier this month. And at the beginning of this, this year, it was only four. And six months ago, there was expectation of no rates in 2022. So that's how significant the change has been uh, over the last six to nine months. So how does this all play out? in the way you're investing, if we're seeing stronger inflation and the potential for faster and stronger interest rates this year? Well, it, it does change things at the margin. It does make potentially financial stocks, banks and insurers that, are, that generally benefit from higher interest rates, certainly in the initial stages of interest rate rises. Uh, and then obviously there's concern around inflation. And so resource and energy stocks have continued to do well. And so I think that that's the pivot, certainly in the short to medium term, uh, resources, energy, financials, and more value-orientated stocks rather than technology and those stocks that are as, as really sensitive to higher interest rates. Okay, maybe one final question about the local market and some local news. I know profit reporting seasons are coming. Uh, we're on that right now. But what caught my attention, the ACCC has given West Farmers the tick of approval to buy API. So what will this mean for the company? And will consumers see any difference? 
Well, it's an interesting move from West Farmers. And can you remember that uh, West Farmers has an incredibly strong balance sheet? So they're always looking to make some acquisitions and they've tilted towards health and wellness, uh, which is a fast growing sector in the economy, probably far more pronounced because of the pandemic. Uh, but I think it's probably an initial step for West Farmers because API is you know, has got a market capitalization under a billion dollars, whereas farmers is around $60 billion. And so I think it's the first step into that category, into, into retail of health and wellness. And it'll be interesting to see whether they look to vertically integrate into further healthcare assets into the future. Marcus Bogdan there from Blackmore Capital. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. (laughs) 